Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Revolutionize the Stage podcast presented to you by Venue Live. I'm Emily Heidel, and I have two amazing, lovely guests that I'm super excited to have here with us today. They are two very talented journalists and writers, and now editor as well. We have Tasia Assis and Alexis Adojan. Hi. Hello. <laughs> did I get it? I, I said it right, correctly. Yes, you did. Oh, okay, good. Thank Ops you. Ops to you, Emma. Very good. Oh, thank you. I'm trying, I'm trying. Thank you guys both for being here today. Um, before we get started, can you guys, starting with Tasia, introduce yourselves? Um, yeah, well, my name is Tasia, and I work as a freelance writer. I usually write about K-pop for many outlets like MTV, Teen Vogue, Grammy.com, Clash, and etc. That's it. <laughs> Nice. A lot of really cool uh, outlets you've written for and a lot of really cool people you've interviewed. And your Instagram layout, like, basically yeah. shows it. It's very pretty. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And Thank in the you. corner, if you guys are listening to, or if you're watching this, you'll see her little handle come up. Oh. So you should go check out her Instagram. Yes. Very nice. Follow me. <laughs> yes. It is really follow nice. Her. Thank you. Yes, follow her. Thank you, Tasia. And Alexis, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Alexis Oyan slash Castellum long name i'm sorry um yeah i'm the music and futures editor at remezcla um prior to that i was freelancing so i did a lot of interviews with many um k-pop idols and groups and a lot of fun stuff i still kind of do it but i'm trying but now in my editor role i'm trying to like incorporate it into like the latinx world which is really cool mm -hmm. uh, it, that was my niche anyway so getting it to do it uh, on a on an editor um level is is pretty exciting so yeah that's me <laughs> yeah also cult scene oh and cult scene yes of mm -hmm. course i'm the co-founder of cult scene mm -hmm. um it's an entertainment website we work with a lot of like emerging writers and it, it's kind of at this point like a workshop me and tamar herman we're, we're we both run it and we work with with writers, develop their voices, develop develop, develop their styles, um, and and yeah, and we pay them on top of everything. So do you really? Yeah, we pay them out of oh. out of our pockets. So wow, you know that's quite rare. Um, I'm sure as you, it's very both rare. No, that, that's why we did it. Wow, that's awesome. Paying people for their work. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you, you guys you'd both. You think that would be like a no-brainer? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, you know. Um, but uh, thank you guys both for introducing yourselves. Um, I've known both of you for well, I've known Alexis since 2018, um, and I've known Tasia. Well, this is our first time speaking in real time, but through DMs. But you guys both, before you know, getting to your esteemed roles um, and interviewing many cool people, you guys both did write and. Um, create uh fan driven outlets um and for a lot of people who might want to be music journalists right now they're like oh i just want to skip and go to teen vogue and interview nct like um and w i just want to know like what is the importance and why is it important for to write for these smaller fan driven outlets before trying to jump into like the big c um i think that especially um being that we're you know international fans so we're not korean we don't speak korean i think that i mean i personally didn't have the best experience in the blogosphere when i was part of it 
but Mm -hmm. you know you have to look at the silver lining and I do think that it was a really good crash course into so many groups because you know you have to keep up you have to know what you're writing about especially if you're doing news right so you have to know these groups and you have to know you know the context and um maybe this is like a sec their second try at being an idol or maybe they you know they changed members like five different times you know like there's all these these nuances and all these things that you might miss right and I think that you know right now I think it gets more difficult as you know time elapses and more fan more new fans come into it because there's so much more to catch up catch on catch up on Mm -hmm. but but you will run into people who you know maybe I think it's something like a no-brainer and it's like someone will tell you like wow what and it's like it's pretty basic you know but Um, but it is kind of like well I well I've been in this like way longer so I know so you know I've known more I guess because but but yeah but it's 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 really beneficial in that sense and and also just like getting, getting, just writing a lot, like that helps you develop your own voice and your narrative. Um, whereas if you just like, you know, you're thrown into a Teen Vogue and you're writing your first, um, you know, your first article, your first Q&A, like it's probably not going to be the best. Mm, I see. And you mentioned like when, when you know something and then you like, you've been, cause you've been it for a long time and then someone's like, whoa, wow. What is an example? Can you give an example oh. of like that kind of situation? I don't, I don't know. I, I can't tell you an example, but yeah. not to put you in the stop in the spot, but you know, there's been times where we're talking and I will say something, you know, I'll just throw something and you're like, what? I'm just yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. You know, but, but it's like, I don't have an specific example, but I know mm. that it's happened and it's, it, it's not that it's only happened with you, but, and it's not that I'm saying it's bad or anything like that, but it's just like one of those things where I'm saying that being, if you're a writer, being part mm. of a blog, like that's the kind of experience that works for you because you are kind of obliged to like get to yeah. know all of these things because if you have to write a post about like I don't know TXT releasing a song you're gonna have to go into the Wikipedia you're gonna have to go into you know kpopbios.com and stuff and just like yeah. know what's happening right right and the fan I mean to be honest and there have been I remember I always remember this our first little like four hour like boba sort of uh (laughs) date I guess you could call it uh there were so many things I was just like oh really huh like and and since then I've worked with uh k-pop concerts you guys maybe both know Erica mm -hmm. um, and then the craze just a bit and just doing that alone and and then scouring like soul beats and everything has definitely helped to like bring knowledge in for new k-pop fans that are listening i would highly suggest doing that if you want some sort of context tasia what do you think about like writing for uh fan driven smaller outlets before getting to like an mtv or uh Uh, vice it was really important for me because since i i wasn't from a journalism background i had no portfolio so that helped a Mm -hmm. lot to build like some pieces some stuff to show around because how mm-hmm. would I knock a team vote and like hey <laughs> I want to write for you but I haven't never written anything so mm-hmm. that I think that really helps and also mm-hmm. uh, Alexis talked about um at least in the soul bits they encourage you to write about groups that you're not a fan of or that you don't know much about and they encourage you to be critical and to think more about like to really analyze the music video for example mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, what I think it's really good about them as well is that they have a good team of editors. So they really teach you and show you where your writing can be better. They really workshop it with you like Coltsin does. Mm -hmm. And they help you develop your voice. So I think that that really helped me a lot when I was starting. So that's why I would recommend for anyone. Yeah. I believe one of the pieces I was reading that you wrote was about like um, how bathtubs symbolize yeah. like a sort of change or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I, even through that, I was like looking through and I saw like it was like Marionette by like Fiesta, I believe it was. or uh, Yes, Fiesta. And it's just like so many yeah. different. Again, like I, I got so much context and, you know, Marianne thoughts about by... like. What's is the it not Fiesta? It was no. like one of. It's... Stellar. Stellar. Um, stellar. Stellar. Yeah. I get all <laughs> ours. It's similar. Stellar. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, like it gave me so much context on just bathtubs and their symbolism, but also just like, or, or even rain. Like you do a lot of these. And also you do a lot of, um, and we'll get into this later, but you both are very into Zodiacs. And I know, Tasia, you write about like seven songs to get you into Libra season. Oh, um, yeah, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love those, and it's like funny because you, uh, you, you showcase Libra like idols as well. Um, I, mm. for, from correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but you know, and, and you mentioned uh, Alexis about um, researching, and you have to kind of know the context of things. Um, let's say you know, Antasia. I think I asked you when we were first connected earlier this year. You interviewed um, uh, a Mando pop or C pop artist um, or idol, I should say. And I remember just reading, and there was so much like. Of course, I think you are you were a fan of their their show Idol. Um, Idol producer, yeah. Idol producer. Yeah. Um, so you know, without having had to watch that though, or if you hadn't had to watch that, like, um, I asked you like, how do you do your research? And I would love to, for you to tell people like, how do you do your research? Let's say you figure out that like next week you are interviewing, um, Brave Girls, um, and they've had a very long career. Like, how do you mm -hmm. make sure to get everything in there? You know, make sure that you have some sort of fan context to all of that stuff. Mm hmm. Well, in Kun's case, I, I did watch Idol Producer, <laughs> mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that was, might have been easier. Um, but uh, how do I do my research? It's kind of complicated because since many of those groups I've been a fan for a long time, I uh -huh. kind of know their history already and I kind of keep it in my memory. But mm -hmm. of course, I also check everything like Wikipedia and mm. the everything they post and yeah we watch their music videos i will watch everything i can i read other interviews as well i read anything mm -hmm. that i can find about them mm -hmm. and that's kind of where i built up from there i see okay I just, I just get the most i can about them. yeah do you just like dedicate a you bunch know. of time <laughs> Have, or i guess i wonder has there ever been a time where you had to deep dive research on like a couple of different artists because you had multiple interviews that week and so you just have to dedicate like a lot of time to that research? Oh. Uh, this year, there, there, there was like a, a week where I did like three interviews or something like that. It was, it was crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't even remember which ones they were. And... Yeah, I, uh -huh. I kind of felt a little bit overwhelmed and like I could have researched more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it kind of worked. When was this? Or do you? Oh, well, you said you don't remember which which uh, yeah, three I think there it was were. Like around September. Okay. It, was, it wasn't a long time ago. Are all of those artists? They should be out, right? Yeah. 
okay yeah, they're okay. out but I, but i i have to look at the dates because they usually uh, out like way longer after the interview uh, happens yeah sometimes that, i see <laughs> that happens yeah that's interesting that's something i would love to talk about like the length of time after it comes yeah. out but uh alexis you were kind of making a face when you have you had to interview <laughs> a bunch of people all at once you've been to kcon and you've done like yeah. you know those press junkets <laughs> and stuff like that you, you know what the thing about KCON is, is that, mm-hmm. or was, I don't know how it's going to be, um, I hope things change, but um, before how it, um, how things went down was that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of weren't really told what, what, um, what artists would be available or which ones would be available to you because it I depends see. on like where you write for. So let's say that it's a 10 person lineup and you are kind of like, well, I want to interview five of these acts. Well, you have to submit questions for those five acts mm. even before you knew. So there've been years where I've, you know, had to submit questions for like six, six groups and I get two or I get one or I get none so it's it's um yeah I have a lot of feelings about um (laughs) and KCON but but it's mostly because of that because it's just so much labor and it's um it's so much labor and then it's in a in an like environment that's not Mm -hmm. ideal for neither the idols nor nor me as a journalist it's just like not the best way to interview an artist like at KCON so it's so yeah but yeah i there have been years where i've been like you know what you know you start ambitious because you're like i'm going to send in questions for all of them and mm-hmm. then you know if i get only one then that's cool but then you don't get any and then you're just like i wasted a week of my life yeah it's like come researching these people and mm. and when coming up with questions coming up with questions is hard especially really hard. when you have so much yeah. competition and you have to mm-hmm. you know i feel like we we all know we've all when an idol does does um like their press run and then you start reading these articles and they all start to seem the same, the same. so so it's kind of like you have to you know you have yeah. to research you have to watch their variety you have to see what they're tweeting about what they're liking mm-hmm. because you want to produce you know articles that are different you want to talk about things that they maybe didn't tell the five other journalists they talked to mm-hmm. well and i wonder you said they, they all start to sound the same is it because is it because the journalists aren't doing the research or is it because the pr is like actually just these questions mm, i feel like it's maybe a combination but mm. also like if you're talking to X group and they just mm-hmm. came out with an, a, a comeback right or yeah. they are in town for a concert like there's so many questions that you know they're just people are gonna ask because yeah. it's like you know it's like the things that you have to get yeah. you have to get to on your on your article and that's and because they do so many mm. and sometimes because they do them like one after the other they say the same things or or they start saying it you know with each interview they say it yeah. less and less and less yeah and that's and that's why um but yeah i don't think there's like a specific 
answer to that but it's just Ah. like a combination of not ideal things i see so it's better to first of all be first in the interview or like in the the line of interviews if you're doing a press junket but then also have enough context to your questions so that you can uh not ask the typical questions and so that they give you some sort of unique answer as well depends yeah it's just it's a lottery (laughs) <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. It, it depends mm. on the group as well, how much freedom mm. they are given to talk. Because sometimes mm. you can also ask a good question and mm. they will answer something that isn't very related to the question. Yeah. So really? it depends. Interesting. But that but that goes across for like all, all artists because mm. um, I've interviewed like big stars in like the Latin world. And there was like this one time that I asked like a very specific question and this was a trained woman with like 30 years in the industry and she just like gave me an answer that it was just like that is not what I asked but you know what I can I can use it but I did not ask that but okay interesting yeah that happened and I'd also do that too because Mm. it's media training that's actually okay so you mentioned uh you were interviewing a, a very seasoned latin artist um as well and I actually want to get into that, uh, Alexis. And you know, since you you've written for Remezcla, like you written you wrote for them in a couple of Latin K-pop sort of cases. But now that you fully transitioned into um, writing about the Latin music scene, and also is that the correct mu- way to describe it, Latin music scene? Um, yeah. I mean, as a mm-hmm. brand, we've settled for um, saying Latine because Latine. it's because it's just such a unfortunately controversial thing where like some people hate latinx and some people you know think that saying latino um you know like it's exclusionary of like so many people and then hispanic you know like no brazil but it includes spain so as a brand we've we've adopted latine but honestly it's more like we rather you know like if I present myself, I'm going to say I'm Mexican. I'm not going to say I'm Latine. So, you know, like being specific or maybe not even saying it because like, you know, if you go into Remezcla, you know that it's going to be, you know, like Latin American and like the diaspora. So sometimes we're like, we don't have to say that Daddy Yankee is Puerto Rican, you know, mm. or that he's Latino because like that's not our brand. But but yeah, Latine, that's what we say. So Latin with an E. Oh, what is the point of the E? Like, what is like the, I know Latin X was like to encompass, like, uh, it, it was really gender, gender. Uh, yeah, um, like differences. inclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. But the well, E, like, yeah, what is that? There's for? people that say that the X is um, like, it works in English, but in, in Spanish that, you know, there's people who say that it's like uh, an American um term which is not but a lot of people have very like aversion to it because it doesn't roll out the tongue in spanish oh, okay. um so so saying latine like the e um it's like it's kind of like the x it's just because in, in in spanish there you know how spanish is like a gendered um language so in as, at least in mexico people will use an e instead of like an o um, to include people already so that's why it's like latine because you don't it's not latina not latino it's latine interesting oh that's interesting i didn't i didn't know that and and tasia does from your like or i guess for both does brazilian 
sort of does that fall into latine yeah like okay it does okay got it got it okay um so then since also i guess i didn't even introduce you guys from that perspective tasia you're in portugal right now Mm -hmm. lisbon but you are from brazil Brazil. yes yeah oh yeah uh alexis you're from tijuana right yeah originally originally okay mm-hmm. so so then so i guess back to the, the question about um transitioning from mostly interviewing k-pop artists to now fully in the latine music scene um what is what has that transition been like and and i would love to know like what are the differences if i'm sure there are many um yeah. that you can tell us since i started um interviewing talent i I first started with a lot of Latine acts anyway. So I so when I got to the point where I was going to interview a K-pop idol, I had already interviewed other types of talent in other music markets. I think I at one point interviewed like a French band or something, but that was a long time ago. But um, but yeah, so um, as I was um, writing about K-pop, I was also writing about the Latinx um, music scene because like you can't, as a, as a freelance journalist, if you want to live 100% out of being a freelancer, you just can't have one beat and just write about that. Like you have to diversify. And even then, like I have never been able to sustain myself as a freelancer. Like it was always just like, supplemental income for me mm. more like trying to keep the the dream alive right. um but I always have a full-time job that just like a desk full-time job <laughs> but but yeah but so I did so I've always been doing it like simultaneously but going into this um I think that when I started noticing the like I've always seen the differences right like for example the not having to to send your questions ahead of time or like just you know people not interrupting you when when they don't know your follow-up questions and that kind of thing um so Can you give a context so for people that may not know you're talking about how <laughs> in k-pop it is very common yeah. to give your questions before right yeah i mean i think uh-huh. it, it is changing and i think mm-hmm. that it's because a lot of journalists have like just stopped doing it mm-hmm. and you know kind of said like no we're not going to do it so sometimes like you know, you, you can get, a, there's ways you can get around things and um, depending on the outlet that helps too, because, you know, maybe if you write for a freaking Vogue and you say like, no, I'm not going to give you my questions. They're going to be like, well, okay. But if you write for a K-pop blog, they're going to be like, well, we're yeah. not going to give you the interview, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a power thing, like power dynamic thing. It's yeah. frustrating, but mm-hmm. that's a big one. Um, and, and if I say, if, if someone in the Latin world has, whenever they've told me that, can we get our questions? I have like, no, uh, and that's it, you know, because it's like, uh-huh. you know, cause even with K-pop, I was always like, you know what, this is going to be, maybe make my life easier too, because they, you know, will give me a good answer, a thought out answer. And not like, you know, just stuff that it's not my question or or be or because sometimes these idols the one that speaks english it's like their second language or something like that it's like well maybe they you know they have like if you just sprung a question on them maybe they're not going to give you the most articulate answer Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like how i the mental gymnastics in my head i was you know like justifying it but that doesn't really happen in the latin world but then also 
no one in k-pop has made me wait an hour for them or, or like cancel an interview as i'm waiting in the zoom call you know Ooh. so it's gonna I, I was talking to um Caro Malis. um she's mm-hmm. um she's she's also a writer but um she's writing for nylon and a bunch of other stuff and I was telling her like there's there have been moments where I'm like I can't believe I miss like k-pop publicists and like k-pop <laughs> shenanigans so you know that that just goes to show that like nothing is perfect and like the grasses will always be greener on the other side true I wonder like are your most of your interview I actually remember when you posted that story you were like I just got a you know canceled or like this interview was canceled like <sighs> and their friend told me and it was like an A-list yeah. artist yeah <laughs> you know what I don't care like there's no way I can tarnish this man's inner this man's relationship I mean we'll just move on yes <laughs> yeah there's no way I can tarnish this man but it yeah was Jay, it was Jay Budbean like um <sighs> It was it, honestly, it was an interview that I personally didn't want to do because he's like, you know, like even before like everything that went down with his music video, like he's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not not he's not one of my he's not one of my K-pop boys, okay? So it's <laughs> like I didn't I didn't want to do it, but you know, it's the job, and uh, I was like, fine, I'll do it. I'm the editor, and um, it was very frustrating because I that I think that was the main thing for me. I woke up early for this man and put on like a full face of makeup and I was supposed to have the interview like at eight in the morning or something. And as I'm waiting in the Zoom call, like in the waiting room, like one of my coworkers messages me and he's like, oh, he's not doing it. Dang. And I'm like, I'm like full makeup in the Zoom. And his publicist didn't even have the courtesy of telling me, hey, bitch, we're not doing it. I was so <laughs> mad. I was so, so mad. And then eventually they just like did it like a few um, hours later. But still, it was just like, I mean, I understand that these things happen, but I would have appreciated a text message, an mm-hmm. email or something, not just like going through my coworker who was not doing this interview mm-hmm. in the first place, you know? But that's never happened in K-pop. Like, the, I have waited for, like, an hour for a K-pop idol, but their publicist at least bought me tea. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, so are most of your interviews in Spanish? Yeah. Um, in Spanish. Hmm. Um, well, the J Balvin one, I had to do it in English. Mm-hmm. because um i mean remezca is in like english language yeah. media and sometimes um it's just easier i guess mm-hmm. just like in like you know when you're writing it and just like not having to put people's put words in people's mouths when you're doing the translating but mm-hmm. but there is people who don't feel comfortable speaking in english so you'll have them or or can speak more freely in spanish so it's like yeah. Some of those things. For example, when I spoke to Raúl Alejandro, he's from Puerto Rico, so the um, the interview was like a thousand percent in Spanglish. Mm. So that so so you know there are things that he would feel comfortable singing in English, and there were others that he felt comfortable singing in Spanish, and it's fine. Um, it makes for like a better interview because you're getting like you know one thousand percent the person. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just an added benefit. Okay, I see that makes sense. Now, I think you mentioned talking about, um, you know, 
we, I guess, kind of touched on the fact that you both freelanced um, before you started writing for Remezcla, Alexis. But uh, Tasia, um, it's it's you've written for a number of publications, kind of like what you said at the beginning. Um, and I wonder, and they're all. I, let me actually. I have all the publications you've written for oh, uh, right. here. They're <laughs> all like. Resume. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that many. <laughs> it's like it's. Uh, I'll just name them. So of course, Soul Beats, Recording Academy, uh, so the Grammys, uh, Clash, MTV, Vice, Hype Bay, Teen Vogue, uh, NME, and Rolling Stone, um, and two different um, sort of capacities, right? Uh, so I wonder, like, when you're. I mean, most of these are music centric. Some are more like just pop culture in general. But let's say when you're pitching how do you, how does that work like are you pitching to a range of like all of them all at once when you get an interview or is it like you're like ah oh, maybe if i like tweak this a bit more like this would be better for you know uh mtv rather than like let's say a uh, teen vogue mm -hmm. yeah it depends on the artist it depends okay. on my schedule as well because for example sometimes i'm working on a piece for an outlet and then I don't want to pitch them like right away because I'm still working on something. Hmm. Um, it depends on the artist as well, on where I think the artist would fit more or where what editor I think that would kind of enjoy it more. So yeah, I, I do tweak it. And it also depends on my relationship with the editor because oh. if I know that the editor um, knows K-pop or likes K-pop, then I, I write a different kind of pitch then I would write for someone who doesn't know K-pop at all and who's like, why do you want to write about this? You know, it's completely different. Do most uh, outlets at least have at least some one or two editors? I guess, according to what you said, like they, mm -hmm. like uh, people that do enjoy K-pop or is it more, you know, few and far in between? Uh, I guess it depends. Uh -huh. depends. Depends on the outlet. Like, for mm -hmm. example, NME has a, really big section about k-pop so mm -hmm. the editor likes k-pop um but i i don't know some some outlets they they don't know k-pop at all okay and, got it yeah and you kind of have to kind of spell it out for them yeah you kind of have to like convince them okay. like who are these people and mm -hmm. why they're worth covering like, so then yeah. oh go ahead go ahead sorry like rolling stone australia was like that they didn't know anything about k-pop and then they were like oh they are kind of impressive so uh -huh. <laughs> so we want this and they yeah. have two australian members like yeah, interesting exactly. mm -hmm. and in that one you it was published in like the actual uh print yeah, in the, right in the print magazine, yeah oh that was so sick it was so big it, and like uh, it was it, very it's grand. so cool it's crazy i can't believe it happened <laughs> It's, when there's did something you just so gratifying about like seeing your published yeah, work in like yeah, print. It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I have no words. So How did you, can you describe that? How did you figure out that, or when you initially pitched that, was it to their print magazine or like, was, were they like, okay, we're going to put it in? Like, how does that work? Uh, it was, it was, I was actually trying for the website because I only had the contact for the website, but then I learned that the editor was the same. And then they were like, oh, we don't have space on the website now, but we are accepting pitches for the magazine. And so I was like, oh, I can, I can try this. And yeah. then don't have space on the website? <laughs> but we do have space I, in the print. I think it was, no, it wasn't like space. I think they uh -huh. said it like they, they were. Like they were the budget or something. Yeah, budget something. Yeah, something like oh, that. Wow. 
Wow. But then it took it... almost a year to happen because I pitched that yeah. I pitched that in like January. <laughs> what? It took a year almost a year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for print you have to pitch like half a year in advance. Mm -hmm. Wait, but how did you pitch for but their al the album that like are kind of centered around not really, I guess, but like it was like the pictures and I guess that can be updated, it but was, like that was, yeah. you know? It was already outdated because the interview came out after their Thunder Rose comeback and if you notice it's the 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 photos are the ones from God's menu still. Ah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, like Whoa. I knew that Stray Kids would release stuff. And then I, but I also checked with their PR, like, hey, do you think they will have plans for this time of the year? And they, and they were like, oh, yeah, probably. They're mm. always releasing stuff. So we that, that's of, where having yeah. a good relationship with the yeah. publicist comes in handy. Mm -hmm. mm. That came in handy for me for JB and Team Boat. <laughs> Real. So, okay. So, can, okay. I have so many questions now. Um, uh, I'm going to write this down. Like, I'm Emily, it's like, cool. Yes, like, whoa. Well, uh, wait. So much information. Um, wait. I'm, before I forget. Um, um, oh, Jesus. Um, okay. Okay. So, so, okay. That's something you brought up. And, uh, and, this is, I have another question for both of you, but you, uh, Alexis, you brought up a good relationship with the publicist. And, um, yeah. you know, you guys are both not in Korea. Um, and, of course, you, you communicate through email, maybe, you know, on Zoom and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, like, Tasia, in that case, how – and JYP is very well known for being pretty airtight with their, like, sort of um, – the way they just go about interviews and press in general um, and who they allow and what who they don't allow. So uh, to do things with, I guess, certain groups. But um, how do you make sure to develop these nice, trustworthy relationships with, you know – PR, let's say at JYP or with Stray Kids, a, you know, one of their more popular groups these days. Well, being a decent person. <laughs> okay, <laughs> makes sense. That's a good. That's a good place to start. So it many is. people, like so many people, aren't. But like the basic stuff, like being polite, answering mm. and following up with what you're saying. Like, don't promise anything that you can't do. Mm. I guess, yeah. That's, ah. that's what I do. I see. Do you ever reach out to them on not like on a personal note, but more of like, hey, like if you ever have time, would love to just like you, me, like just like chat it up type thing outside yeah. of like me having to contact you for an interview? I never, never did that. Mm. I'm usually very shy for those things, but I, I if that happened, I, w I would be open to it, but it never happened. Honestly, I've only done that now that I'm an editor because now <laughs> I, ha I have to have relationships with, with these people. So, but, but in K-pop, I don't, I don't, it kind of just comes about sometimes. Like it just, mm. you know, it's the same people all again and again and again. And, and sometimes when it's like the same clients or they have tours and appearances yeah. and you just keep seeing them. Mm -hmm. that like it's like i mean if you're a cool person if you're a decent mm. person like yeah. you'll connect <laughs> with people that are cool and interesting yeah. and nice hello everybody this is emily if you've reached this part of the interview that means you're at the end of part one so you can check back for part two next week in the meantime make sure to keep up with everything revolutionize the stage on our instagram and twitter at rev the stage pod thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.